0: Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Sidebar with Cindy.
1: Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9.
0: Tonight's show is centered around relationships. The hashtag on Twitter is sidebar with Cindy Kaya FM Talk. We'll be taking your calls on 086-0000959. SMSS on 36959.
1: Medical issues, sex and family,
0: finance, parenting
1: and emotional development. Sidebar, Sidebar with, Cindy. with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9.
0: Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. So this evening's show is centered around um, relationships. And I'll be chatting to two relationship um, experts. I'll be speaking to Elijah Badi, and I'll also be chatting to um, Kofi um, Ofori Boateng. And tonight's topic is um, asymmetric relationships. Um, How do you deal with the balance of power in your relationship? And of course, it'll be centered around well to be primarily around romantic relationships but remember that you can have asymmetry in any relationship be it's a friendship relationship be it's relationships at work parents child relationships so those can those do factor in and you know just off the top of my head when I look at how um, my relationships played out especially In my youth and my messy um, romantic relationships, um, I remember I was dating, as a student, I was dating a guy that was working, he had a car, he had everything that I didn't have. And the power dynamics in that relationship was so slanted towards him, only because of the way I felt about myself in that relationship. Because I was still a student and um, I relied on my mom for pocket money and I didn't have a car, there were so many things that made my self-esteem plummet. Because of that, and now that I'm working and so on, I look back at how I acted in that relationship. But it's actually quite silly, and given another chance, I'm sure I'd do things differently. But I'm looking forward to hearing your opinions and your comments around this. But before we go further, I'd like to welcome Elijah Badi to the show. um welcome Elijah, and thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you so much, Cindy, for having me tonight, and, and greetings to your listeners at home.
0: Thank you. And I'd also like to welcome Um Kofi Um to the show. Thank you, Kofi. Thank you for joining us
1: an awesome, absolute
0: pleasure. Thanks for having me. So tonight's topic is quite an, it's quite an interesting topic, um, uh, you know, dealing with asymmetric relationships. I think first off, I'd like to start off with some, uh, you know, an introduction from both of you, obviously, um, to tell us who you are and what you do. And then a definition of, of asymmetric relationships from the both of you. So I'll start off with Elijah.
2: Well, uh, I specialize with uh, relationships and um, obviously I do a lot of research in that field. And then I've studied them as well, and I've written a couple of books, pertaining into that. And yeah, you know, asymmetric relationships, and funny enough, I've been talking about that because I, I pick up a lot of that in my counseling with, with couples. That most challenges that the couples have are not necessarily what they're complaining about, but are hidden behind the fact that one partner has to depend on the other for mm. either emotional support or whether it's it economic support or, you know, whether it's physical support. So mm. you find that the one who is strong in one of those areas becomes very dominating on the other one. But however, I like what you said earlier on when you said it was not necessarily a partner who was treating me this way, but my perceived power imbalance. So it starts to cripple your own self-esteem. So because your partner has got this and that you tend to 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 suffer internally because you are assuming that they are better than you are so as a result you act and behave in a way that is inferior all the time to them
0: exactly and and it's it's detrimental to your to your to your mental health because i mean i remember it reached a stage where i was willing to accept any behavior from this man i'm you know cheating yeah. finding panties in his place and so on i was just okay you know what cindy You're the you're the big in this relationship and you must swallow all of this behavior
2: yeah yeah no you're, you're right it, it does that and the challenge is that because you've accepted you know the way you see yourself so that means you you say to yourself you are deserving of the treatment that he gives you you know and you will never ever challenge it because you, you think that without him, you cannot become anybody. You're even afraid to leave such a relationship because you don't see the prospect of getting anything better than he is. Mm. So you, you, you choose to stay in this abusive situation for the sake of at least I've got something. But at the end of the day, you realize that you never had anything. You know, you you were basically a pawn in his game.
0: Mm. Yeah, and that's something that we'll come back to um, later on in the show. Um, you know, the be- being used in an asymmetric relationship. Yeah. Um, Kofi, welcome.
1: Well, thank you very much, Cindy. Um, my name is Kofi Ofori Uh I'm an author. Uh, my book notes to my sister. Let him serve you. Uh, funny enough, actually, <laughs> um, speaks speaks quite a bit to this uh, very topic that we're discussing this evening. Um, I'm also a coach. Um, I provide individuals, couples, and groups with tools to build successful personal and work relationships okay. by focusing on themselves first and working outward. So, yeah.
0: and your and your thoughts on asymmetric relationships?
1: Um, they are they are a normal part of life, um, I would say. And um, the challenge is always to move from that place of asymmetry to a place of. It's not symmetry, but as close to it as possible. Uh, there's, a, there's a scripture that I always um, like to remind my, my uh, <laughs> followers of, um, on Instagram especially, uh, which says, do not be unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And many times we, we tend to think of that in, in the religious terms, but it also speaks to uh, the power dynamic. Do not yoke yourself to someone who's either weaker than you are or someone who is stronger than you are necessarily because like that can be quite burdensome for the both of you. And while we talk a lot about equality in relationships, you know, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you you both bring the same things to a relationship or you're both powerful in the same areas and spaces in the relationship. But you do need to bring something of value to the relationship, of corresponding value to the relationship even if it's not in the same area that your partner. May um, have power in, and that helps to maintain that balance, if you will. So, um, I'd like to expand on that this evening, if,
0: if, okay. if the opportunity presents itself. And of course, I um, mean, to, to both of you, Elijah and and Kofi, the, these principles apply across. Across relationships So it's not specifically Romantic relationships So you know oh, Yeah So you can call us on 86 You can SMS us on 36959 Join us on Twitter The hashtag is Sidebar Cindy I'm um, Kai FM Talk And we're chatting about Asymmetric relationships As has been defined By our two guests um, Elijah Badi And Kofi Ofori Boateng I'm um, just moving on To family relationships I think um, You know In my line of work I see a lot of um, Asymmetry there um, where you know there's a there's a parent who's brought in a child that's not feeling well and just the, just that the interactions you can you can you know i mean i generally don't i don't i don't feel comfortable sitting in a, in a consultation where a parent is now wanting to speak for the child or speak for for whoever they've brought in and I, I i tend to ask the parent to leave the room and that doesn't always sit well with parents but you know i feel as if I always feel that you know you're, you're a grown child. You're not you're not five years old. You can speak for yourself, and I want you to hear your story first before your parents come in. Um, do you guys come across that asymmetry in family family situations?
2: Yeah, um, it, it happens a lot, uh, Cindy, uh, because you know, you know, <laughs> you know the, the, the the younger sister of mine will always say uh, it, 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 it's the one who's got the the, the buying power. You know, when in a parents,
0: in a family,
2: yeah, in a family structure, mm-hmm. you know, you find that because the parent has got the buying power, therefore they make decisions on everything. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it even wears when you find that the, 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 there's two children, one probably is waking and the other one is not waking. The one who's working is always given an opportunity and, and preference in every aspect. You know, mm. he, he gets he gets to make decisions. He gets to be told of whatever that's happening around the house. The one who's not yet working, he gets told by the other one and at a later stage. You know, and you find that parents exacerbate this 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 culture of 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 adultery because you find that every time they will give the other one preference at the expense of the other. Mm. So meaning they don't care about the happiness of the other child and the well-being of the other child, for as long as the one who is providing whatever that they're providing is happy. So and, and as a result, you find that this creates an And that's why you find that in many families, you find that the sibling's rivalry. Mm. Exactly. The sibling's rivalry, as a result, of this, I that was created, you know, by the parents, you know, sometimes we need to teach children that, you know what, you need to understand that as much as you are important, but the other child is important too. And then when the, the parents bring this child for, for therapy, for argument things, so you want to paint a picture that there's something wrong with the child, but the parents does not say, you know what, the way I'm raising my children, I am creating power imbalances and, and this is my fault. So yeah. as a result, let me speak. You know, as, as the as a perpetrator of this problem in my house, no, the parents won't say that. They would want to speak bad about the child, as though the child is the problem.
0: Yeah. And that is, and that definitely is problematic, especially with siblings. I mean, I have two children and I'm trying so hard to make sure that I don't create animosity between my kids without even realizing it. I have a 10-year-old no. and a 7-year-old. And I'm an only child. So I didn't have those problems growing up. So this is something that, that you know, I, I, I'm so conscious of it. Um, and it's not easy It's not easy to, to I mean my son When my son was born He nearly died So already There's this There's this thing in my heart That oh my boy My boy And I must be so aware of it mm-hmm. Or else I'm going to create problems
1: Yeah Definitely Definitely um, As I stated earlier um, it's It's normal For relationships To have issues of power And and control specifically and when we talk about power um, being, being a teacher at heart I like to define things yes. <laughs> or, or break them down so power is nothing more than the ability to do something whether it's the ability to control or to influence or to direct or to command you know power speaks to your ability to do these things and um, since we're talking about the family dynamic everybody within the family has power mm-hmm. the question is how do they perceive their power, the value of their power, um, in 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 comparison to the person next to them? Whether it's a sibling, whether it's a parent, and so on and so forth. And I think a lot of times parents tend to confuse um, authority with power. We do. Um, yeah, um, authority is is you know linked to your responsibilities as a parent, your your mandate as a parent. Whereas power, it you know speaks to what you're able to achieve within your family, and um, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that uh, we're supposed to be achieving the creation or the co-creation of a healthy human being, and we try to exert power um, at times and in incidents where there really is no need. So so even, you know, uh, going back to the sibling rivalry issue, for example, that usually comes from a place of control where, um, Elijah was saying when a parent will walk into a session and try to, or well, I believe you were saying it, will try and, um, speak on behalf of the child. That's yeah. nothing more than, you know, control. That's nothing more than, um, exerting, uh, undue influence on another person as opposed to creating a confident being who is embracing of their own power and able to communicate, mm. um, about, yeah. And, their own
0: power. and it becomes challenging. I mean, especially for some of us who grew up, uh, you know, where, where our parents. Well, I grew up in a single-parent home, and my mom was authority on everything. So for me to 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 now unlearn, um, and realize that I'm dealing with two two individuals. My kids are individuals. They've got their own thoughts. And They've got their own ideas, and I need to allow them to to express that. It's actually quite difficult. Oh, it's a
1: challenge, all right. <laughs> it's a challenge. But I mean, even that, even that speaks to. Um, our ability to wield power effectively because um, that speaks to your ability to learn. That speaks to your ability to work with people. Um, there, is, there is a saying I like to use when it comes to power, which is uh, it's more important to have power with people than power over people. Mm-hmm. When, you know, when you have power with people, you're able to find out what, uh, use what's in it for them uh, to to work with them to achieve a mutual goal. Mm. And especially in a family context, we are working towards a mutual goal. The last thing we want to do is create animosity and enmity mm, among the very people. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So once we grasp an understanding of that, I think it helps... Make the the uh, dynamic a little easier to
0: work with. Okay, well, um, if you're just tuned in, you're listening to KFM 95.9. I'm side by Cindy with me. um Dr. Cindy Fancel, and I have two guests in. Stu- um, I have two guests with me online, Elijah Badi and um, Kofi or um, Kofi. Boating or 40 boarding, and we're chatting about um, asymmetric relationships and you know, power dynamics in relationships. Not entirely um, focused on um, romantic relationships, even though you know that's going to come up quite a bit, but we're also speaking about family relationships, friend relationships, and work relationships. Elijah, coming to you, um, work relationships, challenging, very challenging. How do you navigate um, the power dynamics there? Look, I
2: think. It becomes the most difficult part of this whole thing because, you know, at work you're, you're more likely to find individuals that are more prone, you know, to exercise their destructive power as compared to authority, as as as, 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 as you was saying earlier on. Now, it becomes a challenge where, uh, you know, your boss knows very well that they've got this power over you or authority over you for that matter and they can do whatever they want. And unfortunately, in most cases, This power is exercised, you know, to a point that most people end up leaving, you know, their employment for that matter, you know, because it becomes difficult to bear. You know, I mean, we we go to work and spend about 70 percent of our time there. We go there to grow. We go there to add value. We go there to offer our services and we, we want people who can accept and appreciate that. But you've got people who are sick and you know and these people are running these organizations and and unfortunately some of them tend to become these managers who don't understand that being in a position of authority does not necessarily mean you must exercise destructive power that will end up causing, you know, some people. That's why you find in many organizations people are sick, people are depressed Mm -hmm. because of, of certain human beings, you know. And and, and sometimes, no matter how hard you try to to send the message across to say, look, you are becoming toxic towards us. But in fact, by virtue of being a junior, you, you've got less power, you know, because most of these managers they protect each other. You find that the the the, 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 the general manager is protected by the CEO and so on and so on. And so you find you. that. Yeah, you, you find that you don't you don't make any any stride in terms of fighting this kind of sketch, you know. But it, it's always important that for those who are in positions of authority to understand that they're dealing with human beings who've got feelings, who've got emotions, who need to grow, who want to take value. And that's why it's important that as a leader, you got to be able to understand and, 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 and know for a fact that the people that you are leading are as equal as you are. Now the difference here is the hierarchies, not necessarily the human beings themselves. Yeah. So you find people to leaders uh, treating people like trash as though they don't exist, you know? And, and, and the
0: hierarchy the hierarchy lends, now it brings the asymmetry in the relationship, right? The person is yeah. your senior, yeah? so already the relationship is, is is tipped to one direction.
2: You see, look, in in terms of the hierarchy, yes, but not always the case in terms of the treatment.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, in the hierarchy, yes, I agree. But in terms of the treatment, I can still be your senior but treat you as my equal. However, in terms of reporting lines, there's going to be a distinction as to which one of us is a junior and a senior. But in terms of how I treat you, I need to be at the same level as you so as to allow you to be able to contribute equally you know, to, the, to the organization. But if I'm going to come to you and and use my power to make you aware that no matter what you do, you will remain a junior. I'm not also encouraging the culture of growth. So mm. I'm, I'm treating people at the level of you're going to remain there for the rest of your life. So don't even try to come to my level. But if I'm a great leader, I'm saying to them, look, it doesn't matter, you know, whether I'm your, your, your boss or whatever, but know that you have an opportunity to grow and I'm going to allow you to grow. So don't let our relationship become a hindrance to your own growth. And that is how people become 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 better and and contribute you know uh, productively to their organizations and that's why you see that organizations that have got great leaders tend to grow their people because they understand that it is the people that contribute to the bottom line, bottom line of the organization. Mm. however, those organizations that treat people like nothing, they tend to suffer and they, they, they are you know their stuff rate I and mean, turn over it's so high that they don't even know where the problem is until the time they say, chances are our leaders are the ones that are causing this high stuff. And,
0: and we need to sort it out.
2: We need to sort it out. So they, they keep changing the people at the lower level, the junior staff, and still keeping the people who are exacerbating this culture of asymmetry in terms of how they treat the people. So if you change the leader, you realize how things change. I mean, they always say that the fish rose from the hay. Yeah. So. Most people in the junior positions don't have much power. They can only carry on, especially if they cannot move to other organizations. They just carry on and die in these organizations because, you know what, there's nowhere else I can go. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is that being a leader means you should be able to understand that your authority should not be used you know, to, to, to disadvantage other people but to advantage them.
0: KFM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. That is a lovely live version of Respect um, from Aretha Franklin. So I'm back on Sidebar at Cindy with my guests, Elijah Badi and Kofi Ofori Boateng. And we're speaking about asymmetric relationships and you know the power dynamics in a relationship. So I think now we're going to dive into romantic relationships. Um, you know We need to spend a bit more time on that because that is really where we see most um, asymmetric relationships. So I know that as human beings generally... Like attracts like, so we tend to go for people within our racial um, groups, uh, social class, education, age. Tend to being the operative two words there. Doesn't always happen, but most times you're choosing people you know who are similar to who you to who you are, and um, and then sometimes obviously you find yourself in a relationship where it's not always matched. The, the 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 traits that you've gone for are not always the same as yours, and this is really where then the the imbalance comes in, you don't feel like you're an equal in a relationship, your self-esteem plummets, you know your self your self-image also goes down. And you might end up feeling used or taken advantage uh, taken advantage of in that relationship. So I'd like us to discuss that because I think a lot of people find themselves in such relationships. So the number to call is O eight six double zero double zero nine five nine SMS three six nine five nine hashtag Sidebar, Cindy KFM talk on social media. So I'll Kofi I think we'll start with you. Um, and And you know what happens when you when you're in a romantic relationship and you've now been unequally yoked and here you are and you're in the thick of it? How do you navigate your way around it and what does it look like
1: well um the the unequal yoking sometimes doesn't even have to do uh, with with the reality of your situation um, meaning uh, just because you may think. That you're unequally yoked does not necessarily mean that you do not bring anything of value to the table. Sometimes um, it can be in the mind of one party, um, and usually the the party that tends to suffer is the party who has a lower sense of self worth, a lower sense mm-hmm. of, um, self self value, if you will, um, and the other party um, is, is is typically. Uh, perceived to be perhaps maybe someone who is manipulating the situation, taking advantage of the situation, or perhaps even abusing, um, the, uh, quote unquote weaker party. But that's not necessarily the case. Um, because, because, um, I tend to focus more on the self and working outward, I, I usually tend to ask, um, or rather assist people to first, uh, first examine themselves. Um, examine why there is a perceived asymmetry in the relationship dynamic. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you have less power? Why do you think that the person is, is more powerful than you? Um, uh, many times it has to do with background. Um, based on what a person's been through, whether it is their their um, home, home background, whether it's the uh, financial situation back home, whether it was poverty, whether it was... Uh, Abuse in the home. Yeah. They they may be feeling a sense of diminished worth, and they might be bringing that to the table. Um, it might be social influence. Um, social media, for example, creates a lot of uh, uh, undue pressure on people where they think that they are less worthy or less valuable because they don't possess certain things or they're not living a certain lifestyle. And when mm. they look at their their partner, they may making that. Um, their partner may be too good for them. Something I come across a lot in relationship counseling is, you know, people thinking that their partner is too good for them because they look better than them or they dress better than them.
0: And that's a real thing. I, I mean, that's that's something that I grappled with, you know, for a while.
1: <laughs> I think we all do.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we all do. But at the end of the, uh, uh, the day, the key thing to remember is that we are both people of value and while it might not be the same type of value, we are still coming there with value. Um you mentioned earlier that you know, people like to go like for like
2: mm-hmm. and look
1: for similarities in, in prospective partners and, and so on. I I tend to encourage people to look for where they are best suited as opposed to um, where they have the most similarities. Because where you're best suited is where you're going to be most effective and most valued. So if if you're with somebody who does not need a nurturing individual, and you are naturally a nurturer, yeah,
0: um,
1: you're not going to be valued by person by person who's not looking for a nurturer. So you need to keep keep your eye out for someone who values nurturing. If you if if you're someone who loves to lead and who loves to direct and um, and there are people who, who, who want someone like that in their lives. Then that's what that's what you're suited for. You need to find someone that you're suited for. So once once we start understanding how much value we have and what we bring to the table, it makes it easier for us to navigate that whole power, um, um, power up structure
0: and, 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 and to add to what you're saying about nurturers, nurturers you know, the, the unhealthy side of being a nurturer is that you tend to want to fix people. So you tend to go for the broken people yeah. and, and you spend your whole time I, I'm a nurturer by nature. <laughs> and I dated broken people. I I was hell bent on fixing people's children.
1: <laughs> and it yeah.
0: it drains the life out of you.
1: It does. It really does. Um, so that's and, something
0: to look out for as well.
1: Oh definitely Definitely. But then, so so I always, again, um, I always stress three, three things. Com- coming from a learning background, um, there are two, three things that I always stress. Knowledge, uh, skills, and attitude. Uh, or knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And going into any relationship, these three things are key. You need to know who you are. You need to understand what you bring to the table and understand how to you know, market that or or how to um, leverage that. And then you need to make the right decisions that allow you to act knowledgeably and to maneuver uh, with understanding in your relationships. You know, you can't just jump into anything because you have tons of knowledge and tons of understanding and tons of love and tons of affection and tons of nurturing. You know, you need to go with wisdom in that mm-hmm. regard and make wise choices as to where your value is best. Um, Expressed and best appreciated.
0: Mm. Elijah, Elijah.
2: Yes, certainly. You're, I'm
0: here. Oh, yeah, you're still you're still with us. Elijah, that's that's the voice of Elijah Paddy. He's a relationship expert, and you were just listening to Kofi or Forty Boateng, who's also a relationship expert. So, Elijah, what do you do in relationships where um, you 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 value the relationship more than your partner does?
2: Look, I, I think Cindy. Um, People need to be aware of who they are. You know, like, like coffee saying now that you got to know who you are. Number one, because if, if you don't know who you are, you will always settle for less. Now it, it becomes a challenge for many people because as much as they say they value the relationship more than the partner, their partner does, in most cases, you find that they themselves are suffering from something. You find you find that they they are looking for a person that they can dominate. Now they go then, like you spoke in earlier on about in nature. You said to me, you know, you, you wanted to change so many people and then you failed. Mm. Now some sometimes people go in those kind of relationship for that purpose. I'm looking for a project that I can run for my own, you know, benefit, for my own, to deal with my own inequity. So, I will hide my own inequity by going in there to try to change somebody else. But you don't want to change yourself. Wow, Elijah, at-
0: that stings. So, so, <laughs> so there, was something, there was something in me that was, that was not right, and that's why I was out there trying to fix people.
2: Exactly. You're trying to fix yourself okay. by fixing them. You know, so, so th- that's why I say you gotta know who you are and knowing, knowing yourself it's, it's about knowing your weaknesses, knowing your strengths, knowing your values, you know, knowing everything about you basically, knowing where you are broken so you can fix it. Now let me also show you something quickly. There are people who literally wake up and look for somebody intentionally they can dominate because why they, 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 they are not cut out to stand up for challenges. So. They haven't they haven't worked on on themselves to a point of mastering who they are. So they are not sure of themselves. So the easy thing to do, let me find somebody who's inferior so that I can always make myself feel good when I'm with them. Mm. Because if they are inferior, that means I will always remain what? Superior. You know? And and, and, and power imbalances happen across and, and I'm sure our listeners you know, what would want to know what those things are because sometimes you get confused as to am I in a relationship of, of, of mm. power imbalance or what, you know? For, for example, let, let's talk about in intellectual imbalances. Okay. I mean, many people are not even aware of it. You find that, and I'm just going to make an example here.
0: Yeah.
2: You find that a doctor would be in a relationship probably with a security guard and, and the person would claim to love that, that kind of person I want to realize that no, it's not necessarily about love, but it's about I can stand here and dominate this person. I'm a doctor, but I would not allow them to go to school and get to my level because the moment they get there, they create competition. I don't want competition. So I need to remain in this situation for as long as I, I want because it makes me feel good. And it allows me an opportunity to abuse them or bully them for that matter. Mm. So, so, so couples must be aware. That's why coffee speaks something profound when he speaks about be equally young, you know, so check what, whether your partner is doing the same thing, they like the same thing, not necessarily the same at all times, but similar things that they can encourage you, you can encourage them. And then we've got economic, economic imbalances. Yeah. This, this is where you find somebody's got more material than you and they use that to abuse you or to bully you. So when you don't do what they like, then they withdraw the economic support or, or they, they they withdraw whatever that they've been doing for you. In that way, they tend to control you even though they're not physically abusive, but they're economically abusive towards you.
0: And it becomes you know? a case of if you love me, you will do this or I will do oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. So 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 couples need to be aware of that because even sometimes healthy people do do those kind of things, you know? So it, it's very important to know that if you find yourself in a certain situation where you value the relationship more than your your spouse. Ask yourself that what is it that you are valuing about this relationship that's not benefiting you at all, that's making you to become a slave to that relationship? Do you really value the relationship or you also enjoy becoming part of this slavery where you're expected to be doing more and your partner is just sitting there loafing around, you know, because, in a, in a healthy relationship, both partners understand that I need to be equally committed to my partner in making sure that this relationship becomes a success. And if one partner is loathing all the time and then the other one keeps pushing and pushing and pushing, both of them have got a problem. Because what are you pushing towards if the other partner is not Yeah. So t- clearly there's something wrong with you and there's something wrong with them. And, and unless, it, it also depends, because sometimes we get married and only realize inside the marriage that you're in fact married to somebody here that does not value this marriage as much as I do.
0: And that's so the most that do? is the most painful. What do you do? Okay, so we're back with side Cindy and I still have my guests with me, Elijah Badi and Kofi Ofori Boateng and we're still chatting about, um, um, you know, asymmetric relationships and the power, the, the power dynamics within a relationship. So, you know before we before we you know as we wind down towards the end of the show, I think i'd like to leave our listeners with with tips on how to you know how do you work yourself out of a relationship okay if you 're planning on leaving or how do you change the dynamics of a relationship if leaving is not an option um you know i'd like to leave that with our listeners so elijah you know we'll we'll pick up where we left off and then you can then go into. You know what do you do when you find yourself? You've now you've listened to the show. You've identified your relationship as one of but the, the one that's asymmetric. You're planning on leaving or you can't leave. But how do you change your situation?
2: Look, I think I think at the end of the day, you know, one has to take stock. Uh, one has to look at their mistakes uh, in terms of how did I enter into this kind of relationship in the first place, and what mistake did I make, and what did I overlook? And how can I become better in this relationship? For example, uh, instead of me frustrating myself, trying to change the partner, why don't I become a better partner for myself? So, because you've got to learn to assess a person, because usually people operate at a certain level. Mm. And if you are able to be wise enough to know what that level is, and, and, and deal with your partner at their level, And as long as as there's no, there's no, there's no abuse that that is so detrimental, then you're able to deal with them at that level. Because remember, you know, in marriage, usually there are children involved as well. So for us to advise people to quit such a relationship would be very immature, you know, and, and unfair because. We brought these children to this world and, I mean, they didn't choose to be there. Mm. So if we are able to be civil and and still, you know, deal with each other at that level, we can still keep the marriage going, but we can also reduce our own expectations because sometimes, because we have expectations that that say, if I'm going to be the natural, then I'm going to be trying hard to help you change. Therefore, you need to respond to that, which I'm going to be bringing to the party. And if your partner is not responding, you become frustrated.
0: And then you disappointed.
2: Yeah. yeah, but you are not frustrated and disappointed because they are not responding. You are disappointed because you had high expectations and those expectations are not made. Mm. So it's important that you change your own expectations and you, you, you allow them time and space and see if they will, 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 come, will come around. And sometimes even if they do, don't come around, but you will be much happier if you deal with them at their level, because if you don't do that, you can rest assured that you're going to be miserable and
0: frustrated. But in, and in terms of confronting confronting the the partner that 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 you know that is displaying this behavior that you'd like changed, do you advise that the you know the you know would would you advise I go for counselling first? You know, g- get some skills, sort myself out, get some skills on how to deal with this before conf- before the confrontation.
2: Most of most of the time, we we advise that you do that because you realize that. Th- in, in, couple, in many couples, when they complain about communication, it's not necessarily the communication itself, but it's how they communicate themselves to their partner. So you find that a person has got a great idea and has got a, has got, has got a great mind of, of saying whatever they want to say, but the way they say is totally wrong. So go for counseling, seek help first, and find a way because we also need to assess if you do understand your own partner. Sometimes you want to communicate at a level that you don't understand. Yeah. So if you understand your own partner, it becomes easier to send the message across. Now, you also need to be careful that if you don't communicate with them at their level, they are, you are more likely to be met with, with, with defense mechanisms. So they will try to defend themselves because whatever that you're presenting to, to them, they're not prepared to deal with it yet at the time. So it's very important that your, your dynamics and your mechanism and your strategy are aligned with the level of their behavior. And failing which, you're going to have to, you know, you know, to put your foot down at some point and say, look, I've tried this, I've tried that. And it doesn't seem like it's working. Usually when you put your foot down, people are willing to listen.
0: Yeah, because and, pain, and, I mean, pay, if you put your foot down and there's enough pain, that's a great motivator for change.
2: Exactly, you know, and only then you can say, "Look, I've been trying to talk, so maybe it's time that we bring a coffee in or an Elijah in, and then let's hear what the next person has to say or the third party has to say to us, and maybe we can find some way to deal with our own issues, mm-hmm. and only then maybe you can find some kind of cooperation from them." And and I mean. We know that failing to get that kind of cooperation that means the person is not interested in working on the relationship. No, that's, no, that's and that's true. why that's why many people end up quitting because there's no point. We've tried, we've tried, we've tried, but he's not he's not budging or she's not budging. So I don't want to frustrate myself. So if you want to avoid a situation like that, lower your expectations. Deal with them at their level and then give them time also to grow into this thing because sometimes people get married and they're not yet ready to be married. Now they become a child into this marriage and you're going to become their mother in their marriage.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Elijah Badi, Relationship Expert, for joining us on Sidebar, Cindy, on ninety five FM 95.9. Just great chatting to you and I'm sure we'll have you back on the show very soon.
2: Thank you so much. Have a great evening.
0: Thank you. I'm um, Kofi, so... Advice on how to, to you know, how do you recognize the mess that you're in and how do you then get yourself out of it?
1: Well, um, again, it goes back to knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Um, know your value, um, know what you bring to the table, know your worth. Once you understand, and, and you know know, know, know your attitude. Uh, towards a relationship You get people who um, Are ride or die You know your death do us part Kind of people
0: Well that's something that, That's and, something that's, that's, that's praised I mean it, You know If you're a ride or die you, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good trait
1: it's a, it's a great trait But you need to find Someone who's also Willing to ride or die For you mm. You also need to find Someone who's willing To go You know All the way with with you You don't settle Um, If you're an in the meantime hibiri kind of person, then by all means go for a hibiri kind of person, um, you know, a short term kind of person because that's where you need to be. But the problem is when we now settle, like if you are a ride or die, if you are a till death to us part kind of person and you now settle for someone who does not value the relationship as much as you do and you've recognized that, You need to have a very hard conversation. If you guys haven't reached marriage yet, then you need to have a conversation around do we proceed with this? Or um, are you going to set new boundaries in place, proper expectations in place, and give this person time to adjust these expectations? Or are you going to call it quits and walk away then and there? If you're already in a marriage, you know, like there are more things to consider. Like there are financial implications. There are um, children possibly implications in the relationship, there are uh, family members or, for, or family relations to consider, you know, how are you gonna navigate that? And then also look at, you know, um, the relationship, the worth of the relationship, the value of the relationship, what you've invested in it, is it worth walking away from it now, um, you know, for, for what may work out, um, what may not work out uh, without, without, uh, a commitment from the other partner, mm-hmm. or, you know, is it something that needs to happen? Do you need to make a clean break now, write it off, and then um, start afresh? Maybe uh, your your health is at risk. Maybe your your, your safety and well-being is at risk. Yeah. You need to take all these things into account and make a decision, an informed, knowledgeable decision with an understanding of the consequences of that decision, Um. As to, as to how to, you know, like, navigate going forward. That will be my advice. Um, do not ever settle will be my final words. Don't ever settle for what is not on your level, and then don't try to pull people that, that you know may be on a higher level than you down to your level. It's not going to last. The settling won't last, and you getting someone else to settle for you will not last. Be realistic. Be knowledgeable. Move with
0: understanding, and make wiser choices. And I, well, I think the the not settling part goes against um, um, what we are taught as well. Not well, not taught as girls. That's a that's a wrong way. But the way we're socialized. I mean, we socialize to 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 seek marriage, to seek a relationship, and once you're in it, do everything you can to stay in it. And and that's how many of us have found ourselves in lopsided relationships, especially when we're younger. I mean, we know better now. I mean, I'm 43, and um, I'm I'm in a great marriage but as I said my, my earlier years I was in messy relationships because all I wanted was to be in a relationship to get married, settle down and have kids
1: Yeah, and and you know what marriage is a great thing for those who know what they're doing, for those who know what they're bringing to the table and, know, and who know what they deserve for those who go in there not as well informed um, and not as knowledgeable it can't be um, a painful experience if if if, if uh, the uh, ignorance <laughs> is left to persist. So, you know, marriage is a great thing, but having said that, we need to prepare ourselves for it. We need to um, develop ourselves, grow ourselves to a point where we can contribute and then find partners who are also willing to grow and eventually contribute to us as well. It's always, it's called a power dynamic because, you know, like there are more the, there's, there's there's a constant exchange of value, mm.
2: um,
1: and 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 that always needs to be maintained. Don't ever give away value for nothing. That value always has to be reciprocated. Forget what society may tell you. Oh, it's love. Go with the, you know, go with the flow, and you know, let them sweep you off your feet. No, nah, stay, stay stay firmly planted on your feet. Think about what you're getting yourself into, and make the wise choice. Okay. It won't be as glamorous. It won't be as romantic, but
0: Thank you so much, Kofi um, For reporting, Relationship coach and, author, so coach and Author. Just great having you on the show.
1: Thank you very much for having
0: me. You have a great evening. So that was Sidebar, Cindy. And I'm um, just wrapping up with a few of my own thoughts. But before I go there, I'll read a few tweets. Um, so I have a tweet from Uprenda Dangwazi, Miss underscore B83. And she says that when it comes to finances within the context of a relationship, the money stops being my and becomes our. Once that is understood, Balance of power becomes equal, even if the salaries are not equal, um, and, and 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 that's true as long as both parties have declared what their salaries are. Because I know of people where neither party knows what the other person what the other person is is, is earning. But um, you know, I started off by sharing what I was like um, as a youngster in terms of my relationships and how my self esteem was not so high, and that's why I, I I stayed in messy relationships. But looking back in my old age. Um, and looking at all the things that I used to value in relationships, it has shifted over the years. And um, my advice is if a couple can agree on these five principles. So when Marinus and I met, because we were in an interracial relationship, we went for intensive counseling because the pastor said to us that, you know, it's it's hard enough getting married, but it's even harder. Getting married to a person who's completely different from from who you are. And he gave us five things. And he said, if you guys can agree on these five things, your marriage has a chance. So the first thing was finances, right? The second thing was religion. The third thing was sex and everything around sex. how, to, Where to have the sex, how to have the sex, who has sex, and so on. The fourth thing was children. And, and he specifically spoke about the disciplining of children, you know, in this. And, of course, if we wanted to have children or not, you know, if we could agree on that, you know, then we had a chance. And the last thing was family and extended family. So, marinus and I, during the courtship phase, you know, we sat down, went through these topics again and again and again. And here we are 15 years later. Has it been easy? No, it hasn't. But at least the fact that we keep Visiting these topics and revisiting them has helped us to maintain some some form of symmetry in what is otherwise looked at as a very asymmetric relationship. You know, me being a black female and him being an Afrikaans white male. But here we are, we're making it work because of these principles that we were to look at by our pastor, the pastor that married us eventually.
2: Sidebar with Cindy.
1: Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9.
0: Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit
2: kayafm.co.za for more.